This is an encore presentation. If you like it, listen live on Saturday at 8 in the morning. Soul Sanctuary. You should be You should be here with me, the views on this program are solely those of the host and his or her guests and do not reflect those of KZSM Radio, SMTXCRA, or its governing body. Let's wake up together on the Morning Glory Show with Tina every Sunday morning (laughs) from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. It's a great way to start your week off uh, right with where my did meditation all the stuff minute I put and my community go. events of what's going on around it's this oso-beautiful town, San Marcos. Tune in to the Morning Glory okay. Show with then Tina every Sunday again, morning from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on kzsm.org. The views on this program are solely those of the host and his or her guests and do not reflect those of KZSM Radio, SMTXCRA, or its governing body. Good morning, Soul Sanctuary Soldiers. I'm so glad you're joining us today. We have a great discussion coming up. We're going to be talking with Cassie, and she does all of the stuff like a whole lot of us need. She is into nutrition and training, and I met her through my family. Cassie, did you want to say hi? Hi there. So we're gonna we have her in studio, which is awesome and super cool. Uh, we're gonna go into uh, her philosophy and the way that she does her training, and learn what I think most of us could use some help with. So, Cassie, did you want to tell us a little bit about what is your philosophy as far as nutrition goes? So, uh, nutrition, you've got a lot of different information out there. There's always a new fad diet. There's always, um, you know, eggs are good, eggs are bad, too much salt, not enough salt. So when it comes to nutrition, I think it's really important to just keep things simple. I think um, a, a sort of well-hidden fact about nutrition that people don't necessarily want to embrace is it really is about that energy balance, that calories in versus calories out. Some people have some varying needs uh, there, but if you can really just track that in and out balance, you can find success in whatever your goal is. Okay. So it's more about balance than like whether or not dairy's okay this week or dairy's not okay <laughs> this exactly. week and that kind of thing. Exactly. We don't want to demonize any foods. Right. And I would imagine that hopping from one kind of fad to the next is probably more detrimental than anything because if you try to be keto and then vegetarian where there's a whole bunch of starchy vegetables there that's going to kind of counter and it doesn't teach you long term how do you like to eat and how is it sustainable what can be sustainable for you okay so is the most important thing to start from what naturally what you do naturally like what naturally fits for you absolutely the first thing you got to identify is what are your habits what times of day do you like to eat i know there's lots of rules out there about not eating after a certain time but at the end of the day for most people whatever the calories in for the day is no matter what time those calories were consumed that's going to be uh the important information as to how much you need to burn Oh, so it has just more to do with just the numbers. Just, just, just keep it simple. Now, there are obviously some outlying people that have a little bit more attention need pay, but 99% of the population, if they can either create a caloric deficit or a caloric surplus, depending on their goals, right. they'll accomplish it. 
fantastic okay so not to be more scared of nutrition because i know i go in you know now that i've heard all the different theories and just a lot of conflicting theories do you think it's also important to pick like one master pick one (laughs) pick one way to kind of uh, work on your nutrition and follow that give it like a certain period of time and then switch because I'm feeling like the hopping is hopping you know yeah. that's not what we want is long-term sustainable success if over that light time in your life you decide to try a vegetarian diet versus uh, maybe say keto mm-hmm. it's okay but it really is just more work than you need to put into learning all these new fads and new diets whereas if you just learned here's how many calories i take in here's how many calories i take out and also we're going to pay attention to the macronutrient content so proteins fats and carbs gotcha but those are the basic things that if you can manipulate and understand and correctly track yeah. then you have the power to change your body how you want it got it now tracking that i have such a problem with i don't know if it's just my rebellious nature but just the idea that i've decided okay i'm gonna keep track of these certain things it lasts for two meals <laughs> i can't i can't push past doing it twice in a row so where is the magic pill to give me that discipline <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a very popular question, I'd say. Yeah, you know, um, I think there's also a myth surrounding discipline, um, or say motivation. Okay. Um, everybody f- feels demotivated a lot of the time. Sure, you're, you're going to wake up in the morning some mornings and feel this great wave of motivation, and you're going to ride it high. But most days, you can probably count on not feeling motivated to do the things you know that you should, that your higher self has decided that, mm. that it wants to do, right? Right, so right, right. I feel like at the end of the day, don't rely on being motivated. Okay. Decide, I'm doing this thing at this time of day. Put it on your calendar, set an alarm. If you have to snooze the alarm or reschedule the event for a little later in the day, fine. But there is just an element of deciding to do something and doing it. Well, Got it. Got it. So it's, yeah, so instead of like waiting for this magical, mystical kind of <laughs> Yeah, because it doesn't have feeling to show Even up. The people right. at the top of their fitness uh, prowess right. don't want to get up and do the things that it takes to do to be there. So sure. there's no magic pill. There's just a commitment to yourself. And I think starting with one thing, can you say, can I just log my food today? One, this one thing. Yeah. One at a time that makes it a little easier than you can add. That sounds less intimidating because when I think about it, I'm like, oh, I'm going to spend the rest of my life. It always, it always just expands exponentially. Mm. It just goes out into like, how and can I do this? The goal for food logging, because that's what we're talking about is right. tracking your food ultimately, is that you don't have to do it forever because right. in this interim, you're going to learn how food, how many calories are in this choice. And so right. it'll become more inherent. Now, some people choose to log for a long time mm-hmm. and that's usually a good tool but right. not mandatory in fact the goal is to teach you to not need it got it that makes sense so when we're talking about like traditional personal training and i know that you have knowledge about that um that versus how you train now what first of all what led to there being a difference when you were doing it traditionally i guess you found some kind of a deficit and that's why so what so, um, you know, I was training with some of the best in the industry um, in traditional lifting, weightlifting techniques, as well as things like yoga, Pilates, uh, and other modalities that are popular. And I, I had some of the best people teaching me how to execute these movements. And after doing my best and, and also being educated in the field, 
I found myself injured and I couldn't understand where that injury was a knee injury uh, mm -hmm. came from. Uh, and uh, after exploring different options and finding that there were other people that were experiencing what I did, take a bodybuilder at the peak of their game, they're going to have lumbar compression, they're going to have compressed rib cages, um, they're going to have a lot of arthritis ends up being an issue from the joint compression uh, and inflammation that, that is caused by such lifting techniques. So, you know, I, I, I discovered I wasn't the only one feeling like there was a lacking when it came to traditional techniques. And when I, I did, in fact, find a different way to work through strength training, uh, I not only corrected the injury with no need for surgery or any kind mm. of physical therapy, wow. but I've actually prevented and I can feel um, more stability in my skeleton as a whole. So I know okay. that future injury has been prevented and I haven't been injured since. It's been over two years. Wow. Of that. So yeah. I didn't realize that. So you like found a way to heal yourself. That's fantastic. Correct. Yeah. And that's my goal. I would like to use these techniques instead of surgery, which tends to be what joint issues are prescribed by a doctor to have, have done. So mm -hmm. that's a big goal for me, getting people out of pain and preventing future deterioration of the joints gotcha so how do your techniques guard against that kind of thing or i guess build you so that you don't have those kinds of injuries uh, my techniques take into account that our bodies should be working with gravity and not against it so okay. a traditional lifting technique would have you holding a large heavy bar across your shoulders and doing a squat, say. I think you can just imagine the amount of compression that's being put upon your shoulder girdle, therefore your lumbar spine, therefore your hip joints, and therefore your knees. Okay. When we train now, when I train now, we actually use breath work uh, to decompress the spine, actually stretching your skeleton from the inside out. Wow. Uh, and then we train our muscles and our fascia in a way that uses gravity to further decompress the spine so that benefit is seen even after you've stopped the breath work even after you've stopped working out you're still in a decompressed state gotcha so that's very important decompression i'd say okay so what is uh, let's take a minute a beat and a step back what is fascia for yeah, the layman great question great okay. question you're going to see that popping up more and more if you haven't heard that word yet expect to hear it um even the medical doctors are actually starting to pay more attention to how the fascia affects us. But have you ever seen the um, a, a chicken breast and mm -hmm. you see the silvery skin mm -hmm. outside? That is the fascia of the chicken. Okay. You've also got that same tissue and encapsulates all of your muscles. Okay. And it also innervates or runs through like little spider webs okay. all through your tissues. So, gotcha. Yeah. And so, and so that's, oh, it is, that's the substance that it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's actually a little like, if you like, we're, we're looking at a cadaver, you'd see white stringy material that going mm -hmm. through all the tissues and then that silver skin actually encapsulating each muscle. And if you have what we refer to as adhesions in that fascia, which you can think of an adhesion like when you get a massage and somebody pushes on a knot and it's particularly tender. That's a knot or an adhesion or a restriction in your fascia. So oh, it's actually okay. going to prevent your body, even if you're using your muscles with the best of your mental ability, if right. you have an adhesion in your fascia, it will actually stop you from being able to execute the movement as you're trying to. So. Gotcha. So when we use 
I, I think people might use fascia and muscles interchangeably. Yeah. Those words. And that's not completely accurate. It's not completely They're in accurate. the same place, but they're not the same thing and don't have the same function. That's exactly correct. Okay. okay. Yeah. They, I mean, they have... S- Think of the muscles as the little individual parts and the fascia as the sheath that connects your entire body. Your fascia is actually, when you're in an embryonic state, it develops then. uh, And it actually is one thing. It's not multiple pieces of fascia, but it's one contiguous piece that runs from the top of your head all the way to the bottom of your feet. Really? Yeah, so it's it's an important thing to address instead of dividing the body into smaller and smaller segments as modern sciences want to do. Right, right. right. I think the advent of the scalpel and the microscope really lent modern scientists to just break sure. it down. Right. And if we look at the fascia, it's not break down a bowl. It's a whole thing. So we really look at this from a holistic perspective, not right. just a bicep curl, but how do I train the fascia as a whole to help manipulate that bicep to curl with the other parts? That's completely fascinating and, I, and I'm also like kind of I've been stuck on thinking about having the spine be decompressed because there's so much that goes into the back mm-hmm. being tight and everybody that I've ever spoken to has some kind of back issues mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it seems like a great place to start to kind of get overall health happening and 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 expanding out like even if we just started there and then went to all the other parts of the body. I mean, it's and that's exactly right. We actually do start at the spine. My goal first, and most people, uh, you know, wherever you are right now, if you were to put your hand, if you were to stand up and put your hand on the small of your back, mm-hmm. 80% of the population is going to feel an extremely deep curve from below their ribs to the top of their hips. Mm-hmm. So that would be a lumbar compression, right? The lumbar spine is being compressed because that spinal cord is being pulled forward. Got so it. the back is compressed there. When you think of things in a holistic fashion, like I discussed before, and we think of things in terms of fascia, you've got two very large contiguous lines of fascia down the middle of your back mm-hmm. that we refer to as your back line. Okay. So in these people with the compressed lumbar, that back line is going to be overly tensed. So thinking of it like rubber bands, if the back line is overly tensed, probably that same corresponding area in the front line of the body, thinking of your abs, yeah. is going to be less tense. Way too loose, so yeah. So we'll release the back and strengthen the front. Right. And that's going to create some lumbar decompression, as we discussed. And right. then we also think of vertical decompression of the spine. Yeah. So using the breath to actually create more space between the discs yeah. and actually relieving herniated discs via That this. sounds... I'm completely fascinated by it. It sounds like it sounds just like so holistically helpful. Okay, we're going to pause here and go into a break. On the other side, we're going to talk more about um, the uh, the way that we can get some of this into our lives because it seems extremely important. So you're listening to Soul Sanctuary. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Thank you so much for joining us through the break. We were just giggling and having a good time here <laughs> on Soul Sanctuary. I'm so glad you guys uh, are with us on the other side. We were talking about uh, the way that Cassie um, does her training, which is different from traditional. And she was speak. Talk, she told us about what fascia is and how her training starts with the idea of decompressing. And in one of the biggest parts of the body, which is the spine. And I've just, I've just been having like a, a, a daydream ever since she said that about how wonderful would it be to like go around without my spine being d- compressed yeah. anymore. And not like, cause it does, it feels like a, a board. I remember taking a yoga class and, and, uh, 
like I don't know there there was no articulation in my spine right. at all it's just right. one big board yeah that's a good word uh, articulating your spine yeah. yeah and and how cool would it be to learn how to you know get that space in between my vertebrae so that I can move that way um so I'm probably going to keep coming back to that because it's just fascinating I agree <laughs> the idea uh. of it is amazing how cool would it be to kind of and then also training to get your fascia together and training like what what are other most people are and including myself um used to kind of training or when we think about health and fitness and that kind of thing it's really about vanity it it comes back to you know how am i going to be able to wear this bikini or or dress or whatever like that and i think that it sounds like your philosophy comes from a different Stance. Yeah, I would say that um, almost every traditional modality of training that you've got exposure to started with the question not of how can the human body function better, but of how how could we put on the most muscle in the least amount of time, say, in the right. in the in the example of traditional heavy weightlifting. So they decided they're going to throw around heavy bars with no um, consideration of how is that going to affect my overall fascia. Okay. So, um, you know, what we're doing here uh, when I'm uh, addressing, do using these techniques that actually respect and use gravity, mm-hmm. um, that's actually helping to, to pull you out of the, the mental state of I'm only working out in order to accomplish a certain size of waist, right. uh, et cetera. But... The fun thing is, just because we're coming at it from a functional standpoint, from a standpoint of how can I move better, that doesn't actually mean that you're sacrificing those vanity goals. Right. Uh, those I know that those are important to people, and I don't want to ever mm, poo-poo on something that actually motivates someone to do something. Sure. I just want to make sure that it's something that's sustainable long-term, and when you're 70 years old, you're still going to want to maintain what you're doing even though you're not necessarily trying to look hot in a bikini right, right. and and since you w- we work with like all different ages of people in different stages of life right. it's probably a difficult conversation to have with a 20 year old that right. you know you want to be able to move when you're 70 because it's so far off it their is. radar right fun thing though about it is you know <laughs> one of the um key things that's missing from most people's physiques to help them to function better is a more uh, developed gluteus so you're, okay. yeah, that's and that's a popular uh, vanity item these days. Currently, right? yes, yeah, <laughs> right. That's a thing people want to have. So lucky for us, that's actually also a functional quality when it's uh, achieved correctly. Okay. So I'll say when I re- changed my training techniques, that particular vanity goal definitely was reached for me personally. Okay. After years of trying to achieve that vanity goal in traditional methods, I did not actually accomplish it because I never actually used my whole glute the way I needed to okay. until I became connected through my fascia as well. So I can tell the 20 year old, we don't have to talk about when you're 70, we can talk about would you like a more developed glute? Yeah. Right? That's, <laughs> that's something they can relate that's to. That's great. It's yeah. like you make it nice and relatable and, and have to do with uh, right now. So um, using gravity. So we're using gravity. That means that you don't use additional weights or you do use additional weights? We do use additional weights. And the more advanced you become in the practice, the heavier those weights can get. Nothing ever reaching the hun- over hundreds of pound mark that you'll see in a lot of heavy weight lifting. More of... Uh, 
definitely starting with some lighter uh, weights. And it's not about the, the heaviness of the weight. It's about leveraging that weight with your own tissues. So creating points of tension, say, in your pectoralis muscle when you extend your arm forward, mm -hmm. then using that point of tension to rotate your trunk. Mm -hmm. So people, that's a, that's a thing that's really missing in a lot of people's gates uh, nowadays, I'll mm -hmm. say, because everybody's sort of training. You're, you're training yourself every day. It's just that you're training around dysfunctions right now, such as sitting, right? Oh, that's such a terrible sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so upset by that. <laughs> well, don't be. Don't no, upset. no, it's good. It's good. It it's, it's it's shaking the right stuff out of the tree. <laughs> it but empowers it's you. Just, it's just such it's such a fine point on that idea. It's true. Yeah. It's it's like when I think about co-create, like creating and the law of attraction. Like you're exactly. creating every second. It's just exactly. is it by default or is it on purpose? Exactly. And so then I think about like every day we're training our bodies. Oh, that's. All, did you just think about how long I sit on the couch, right. all hunched over, right? right? And I'm if your training. listeners will check into their body right now and yeah. see where are you, how are you sitting, how are you standing, I bet you might notice something like your hips are shifted forward and you feel some compression in your spine. Well, you're training that dysfunction right now as you wow. sit and listen. Right? Oh, that's awful and amazing. That's how you know it's true. Stand up straighter. Right. Uh, you know, now you're training all towards the time. that. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Right. That's how you know it's truth because it's like awful and amazing <laughs> at the same time. That's exactly what truth feels like. Uh, wow. I'm like, now I'm like, wow, how am I sitting? <laughs> well, and you know, and that's the thing too. I, I, my goal in training, I don't want everyone to, you know, you could constantly rack your brain all day sure. and think, am I sure. sitting up straight? And, right. and you, you're not going to correct your dysfunction by just trying to sit up straighter every day. In right. fact, that's too much of a burden. Right. But if I can get you and to, if I can train you for a few hours right. to program your fascia to hold your body that way without you thinking of that consciously, sure. that's my goal. Right. Ultimately. That makes sense. That makes, because you want it to be functional. Like correct. it doesn't make sense. If and it's effortless. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like we, there's not going to be a whole lot of us who have the time and capacity to be like monks and go off and right. You know, into any f woods and caves right. and stuff. Like, we need to Baby fold steps. these clothes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get to work, yes. get this coffee together. Uh, so as far as, like, integrating into, like, everyday practice. So with your clients, what's typically how often you need to see them? Is it is it, like... Uh, I guess a couple of times a week or once a month? Or? Uh, it really, it, the more dysfunctional that you are, right. the, the bigger the hill we have to climb and sure. the more frequency, the, the, the more I have, the more frequency you benefit from. You Got benefit it. From more Everybody that, the, the, one of the cool things about this modality of training is you can do it basically every day. Okay. Unlike some of this uh, more heavy lifting where you actually have to take time off to recover, right? Because you're doing so much damage to the tissue. Right. So, um, you know, I have clients that are only able to commit one day a week mm -hmm. to what we're doing. Now their progress isn't as fast. Okay. But at least they're not getting worse. Right. 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 So right. Now I've got clients that are in serious pain and mm -hmm. come to me five times a week got and it. we get them out of that pain within a month. Sure. Right. right so in right. fact, after one hour of training in this modality, I can relieve knee pain, back pain to a varying degree for everybody, but significantly, notably. That's so. amazing. It that, is. And and I like I love coming from it coming coming at it from healing. Right. I, I so have rarely heard 
in all of uh, in my own plight of trying to find, you know, help with different things. Anybody talk about it as an idea of healing. Right. And I'm all about healing. That's why I have a show about it. Like, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's like right. I'm all about healing. I love that that would be, even where you're coming from, it sounds like the mindset would be different. And for some reason, it automatically makes me think that there's more ease that goes with it. Well, it's funny because I, if you had my clients on right now, I think they would probably tell you it's actually not easy. It's actually more difficult than traditional training modalities. Mm. I am asking in every session for you to think of your body like a, a math problem. Mm-hmm. And we're going to manipulate your body like we are engineers of your fascia. Right. right. So we do have to, there's a lot of mental work that goes into doing what we're, we're doing here, but it is all about making you feel less discomfort at the end of this so it is about the healing aspect you know unlike traditional modalities it's you feel pain push through it right deal with it you're a weakling if you don't when i hear you say oh my i'm feeling pain when i do this movement we stop the movement we readjust and we fix it so you're not feeling that discomfort right and then i know i'm executing that movement correctly and you should have less pain at the end gotcha Gotcha. So it's really a collaborative work. Oh, absolutely. In fact, yeah. I, I cannot do this at all by myself. And that's, uh, you know, a lot of people, when they go to a traditional trainer or nutritionist, they expect that they are paying the money and then that's just going to sort of be done. If they take the orders from the trainer, right. do squats until I tell you to stop, right. that they're going to get what they want. And that's not for me. If you're not thinking and putting your, your brain is going to sweat as much as your body. Sure. If you're not doing that with me in the moment, I can yell at you or tell you what to do all day and no changes will be affected. So right. it's definitely a collaboration. And, and I need to know where do you feel discomfort? Because that's actually a guide and a map for me. Mm-hmm. You think, oh, I have shoulder pain. Well, maybe I should do exercises for my shoulder. Well, many times I find that that shoulder pain is actually originating in the opposing hip because perhaps you've got compressed, um, maybe a right compressed hip when you step. That happens a lot. Well, then that is actually going across a diagonal line of fascia called your anterior oblique sling or your posterior, which would be in the back oblique sling. And then it's transferring up to that shoulder girdle and actually causing the shoulder pain. So I need to know where do you feel the pain? And then we train and track all over your body like it's a map for me right and I can find that adhesion or restriction in the fascia sure uh, and that's in the hip or the the foot etc it's like so much more personal instead Absolutely. of just saying like if you do 75 crunches right this many times you know then this is the result that you have and those kinds of um, that kind of advice has always been an issue for me because I'm like isn't everyone's body different? Yeah. Even with, um, in, in belly dancing, my teacher told me that she was looking at an article where it showed um, 20 different positions of uh, people's hips, mm. hip sockets. Right. And they can be so different yes. that there's actual movements that some people can make that other people cannot make. Absolutely. And it's just about how their uh, femur fits into yes. uh, the hip. And it's crazy different. I mean, that's how they tell what, a female from a male and they're looking at really, yes. really old skeletons. So it's an important, and that's one of the biggest joints that maybe the biggest, it's one of the biggest joints we have. I would say that your yeah, your hip socket is your biggest joint. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, one of the interesting things I'd say too is that, you know, your fascia and your bones yeah. can change over time. You can change right. them, right? Yeah. So you'll see typically from 
people that live in countries where there's a lot of deep squatting, let's say, where they spend a lot of time in that deep squat position, yes, yes. their hip socket is completely different than somebody in this modern society oh, yeah. that's sitting in a chair versus squatting, and they actually have far less flexibility in the hips. And I'm correcting sure. dysfunctions for people from a sitting perspective right. uh, there. But we actually can, through training and how we carry ourselves retrain not only our fascia but also our bones yeah it takes many more years to, to right. change a bone but right we can but it so. still can happen yeah and in fact you're changing it right now we brought oh, it back no. around <laughs> it's such it's just so pervasive it it's just like so true that every second you're training your body well in this break um everybody check in with your bodies <laughs> See where you're holding, where you can loosen, where you're loosen, where you can hold. Exactly. And uh, we'll talk about more of this on the other side of the break. This is an encore presentation. If you like it, listen live on Saturday at 8 in the morning. Soul Sanctuary. You should be, you should be here with me, baby. You should be here with me, baby. You should be we're back on the other side of our <laughs> our uh, mid-show break here at Soul Sanctuary. We're speaking with Cassie, and she's a personal trainer, and she goes into nutrition as well, right? You do train. I'm a personal trainer. I'm a nutrition specialist, and mm -hmm. I fun I may mostly focus on gait and posture correction. Gait and posture correction. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Okay, so we were talking about how in your fitness goals and in your goals of whatever you're going to be doing with your body, uh, kind of functionality versus vanity, and um, and how functionality, you know, will matter way into, you know, how long you're going to have the body, you know, right. once you get older and, and you and you do want to be able to have uh, more movement, more fluid movement um, as you get older. And I mean, not everybody is in the position to look at that, but I know you've seen, you know, an older person who has what my mom lovingly refers to as a git, right. which is... <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> which is some kind of an awkward uh, way to amble around. Sure. <laughs> and my sure. mom will be like, oh, they got a git. <laughs> Absolutely. And I've really spent my whole life trying not to develop a git. Yep. I just want to um, walk smoothly. Exactly. <laughs> right. You want to use gravity pro to propel you, not be pulled down by gravity. That's right. And then be fighting it. You know, there's right. always this person that has this long stride on one side and a short one on the other. And then exactly. it's trying to catch there. Exactly. And never... Never want that to be part of what happens when I come into a room. So <laughs> no, no, I, I agree, and that's uh, precisely what we train against. Okay, no. and so and when we're talking about the origin of injuries, which I thought was really um, an interesting thing, right before we went into the break, that if you have some pain in your shoulder, that doesn't mean that your shoulder hurts. Right. And I guess my experience with that is uh, with sciatica pain, mm -hmm. and because sciatica it hurts like somewhere at the top of my glute but right. the problem is somewhere in my lower back yes. is what i came to understand and so to fix that um i'd have to be doing some kind of spinal thing <laughs> i guess and that is the best uh suggestion or advice that most people are going to be exposed to right now okay. a doctor is going to send you to a surgeon mm -hmm. or a physical therapist in most times mm -hmm. so 
my goal is to sort of fill in the gap there. So if, because a physical therapist, they, they do a lot of good, they help a lot, but they don't necessarily create changes that's going to last for your whole life unless you do those specific exercises, say, every day or however they prescribe. Right. So I, I'm, I'm kind of here to fill in that gap and, and be a last resort against some, a surgery, uh, right. et cetera. So, you know, I really we want to... Goal number one is, is get people to move in a way that actually promotes the functionality of their body and, in fact, makes you more graceful, more functional as you age. So, in fact, getting better right. uh, as we age. That makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I was also um, dealing with recently some nerve issues. Mm -hmm. Does the kind of training that you do have it go into nerves at all? Absolutely. So, nerves? you know, one of the, we talked about fascia earlier. Um, one of the important things about fascia, when I say that you have an adhesion or a restriction or a knot, let's say, that we mm -hmm. want to release, imagine what's happening to that tissue if it's being knotted up it's being restricted, right? Well, right. that's where your blood flow goes. That's where your nerve uh, flow goes as well. Everything okay. in your body is a circulatory system, right? right? So right. It's circulating something for right. you. When you have that adhesion or not, you're actually restricting circulation, which actually means you're dehydrating the muscle tissue because the muscle wow. can't receive, it can't pull the fluid from the blood as it would if that wasn't uh, adhered right. like, like that. Yeah. So yeah, releasing those adhesions uh, and, and, and first and foremost so that the body can, the skeleton can realign and mm -hmm. decompress because those adhesions are actually shortening your tissue, right? Compressing your spine even further. Right. That's a first sort of place that we start in looking to help to relieve pain, uh, getting those fascial adhesions out. And then when we release that knot, we also improve the, the nervous, uh, the nerve uh, circulatory system. So actually improving feeling in the feet, fingers, the all the extremities. I actually was going to a chiropractor for a while because I experienced numbness and tingling in my fingers. Mm -hmm. And although my chiropractic adjustments would help me in the immediate sense, it would always return. Right. After beginning to train in this decompressed state, my uh, finger function, my toe, my toe function, and the nerve connectivity there actually improved a lot. So getting your skeleton wow. aligned is gonna improve circulation of everything in the body, blood, right. nerves, everything. Right, it, ju it, it just seems to make common sense to think about like if starting with the the innermost uh, part of ourselves, which is which is our skeleton, yeah. yeah. And if you get that together, then that the benefits will kind of go out Flow in concentric circles, right? Like that just, that just makes complete sense. It's all connected, right? right? And you'll see whatever you're experiencing in your body can also be experienced as a mental state and vice versa, right? right? So like right. I mentioned to you before, if I right. if I see someone who's particularly depressed. Oftentimes they'll have a kyphotic posture, which is like a rounded back. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll feel pulled down from gravity on that front line of tension. Right. So it definitely reflects and changing your body and the way you carry yourself, improving the circulation can in fact improve one's mental state even. So I'd not imagine. just nerve circulation, just mental state as well. Right, right. Yeah. And that can make that a lot more balanced where, and I think that that's uh, part of what a lot of people need, like we, we're tr we're getting used to this kind of immediate gratification and also there's also this kind of weird like continual 
data dump we're receiving at all times of information mentally which i don't think is good we don't have a whole lot of time to process whatever it is it's just kind of vomited at us right it's it's a gross visual but it is exactly what i mean well you know a big part of training the way that i like to train Mm -hmm. the body uh is uh, is part of that is actually just going outside in your bare feet when the sun is out and connecting and slowing down because you're right Right. we are being streams of information and stimuli thrown at us constantly right so that's not the way our human body evolved that's not a functioning human so we Mm. do need to take that time away and get the mind right so we can get the body right right and bringing your brain to the mat or to wherever you train yeah 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 yeah. i could do this anywhere but the gym right right i think that that's i think that has a lot to do with and 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 empowering me like oh i'm doing this i'm training my body to do this thing so i can help with how well I do with it and that kind of thing. So I'm not completely like, like, you know, on the, on the trainer's teat as it was. <laughs> you, you know what I mean though? I because, do. Cause you could just like hand over all of your sense and all of your And that's what and a stuff. lot of people are, are wanting to do, especially people pursuing vanity goals. Right. And that's not the, if you're in pain, you tend to be more willing to do everything I ask. Sure. <laughs> to yes. get out of pain. Pretty immediately. Yeah. Right. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm uh, it feels like this is the kind of philosophy or the at least the the view of training that would work more for like for for me who is all about healing and healing and you know growing and I know that that process sometimes can can take a little bit longer but that the end result is that you have health not just the appearance of health and not just you know just you know shining over what is actually dysfunctional that's a really really good way to put that right and that functioning is like really what you ultimately need and you know I guess I, I would imagine that sometimes you have to kind of reframe that for people who come to you like with you know these other right. kind of um, external stimulus kind of ideas right you know what I mean I do <laughs> with those people I often don't even explain uh, how I'm going to train them differently they, <laughs> yes. they come to me and they want to work out we'll, we'll get the nutrition on point yes. and then when we, we work out they just do as they're told and they soon learn that it's a, it's a completely different kind of working out than they're used to right. but that the vanity goals are accomplished better than right. with traditional modalities so they, right. they quit uh, questioning me right. <laughs> <laughs> if I can deliver you larger glutes you'll do what I ask there right? you go that's so. right every single time <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome um, and so uh, if I don't know if you have any um, uh, clients specific that you want to talk about or maybe a group of clients do you do uh, any kind of classes or is it always individual I How do, do you do classes okay. yeah so uh, I train in Austin uh, mm-hmm. I train in the domain uh, uh, up in the northern part of Austin a mm-hmm. little bit uh, and I do teach five group classes a week, and those are nice. all focused around this functionality nice. uh, that, we're, that we're talking about. That is uh, something that's really good to introduce people, and it's good to supplement people that can't see me for private sessions multiple times in a week. Got it. Right? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I do think it's really important that this um, is available to people of all economic levels. Right. right? So right. It's, everybody deserves to have some functionality. So I have... The class is available. They are group class settings. The first one's free. Uh, after that, they're only $15. Okay. Uh, I do then private sessions as well. Mm-hmm. I will do 
two on one, three on one. It kind of depends on everyone's individual situations. Got it. Uh, this is an individualized sort of training. So if I've got two people that don't share very similar dysfunctions, then they have different workouts to accomplish. Sure, so it sure. Be a challenge. But yes, we I definitely have make, got this in a group uh, uh, pattern that we can do as well. That sounds really accessible. It's fun. Fantastic. All right. Well, let's just jump into our last break. Um, I'm sure it won't be as long as a middle break. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see you guys on the other side of it here on Soul Sanctuary. You're back with us here on Soul Sanctuary. We are talking about all things body, (laughs) nutrition, and uh, nutrition and actually training. Mm -hmm. We're talking with Cassie. She actually trains out of Austin. Yep up near the domain and uh, we were just about to talk about uh, some of the detriment that can can actually happen when you do traditional training yeah so those are some of the more general um, um, detrimental things that you see coming out of traditional training well you know I've mentioned already a little bit about how traditional heavy weight lifting is a very compressive activity it's all about compressing the spine compressing the rib cage it tends to encourage people to uh, overload themselves with weights mm-hmm. in order to increase hypertrophy or, or muscle mass gain as fast as possible because that's the objective there. Mm-hmm. And that just, you know, that that honestly leads to uh, so many injuries that uh, you could keep a, prof- a physical therapist in business for years. Wow. So I, I, I just see that people that are at the height of their prowess when it comes to heavy weight lifting always have some physical limitation that they may or may not discuss knee pain back pain shoulder Mm -hmm. pain so you know that one seems relatively obvious uh there are some others that you know maybe a little bit more insidious you've probably seen some more uh enthusiastic styles of training where they give you really high weights and they want you to do cardio with it and Mm -hmm. they want you to just push yourself push yourself push yourself until you're maybe throwing up in the corner they actually kind of wear that as a badge of honor right for me you know that's uh you know it's pretty obvious that you're training people without making them use their brain and correctly execute movements but rather just put their whole passion into it and make them feel even possibly shame if they don't um, leave it all on the floor, so to speak. Okay. And again, I have I have incur- encountered more injuries that I've had to correct from people doing, say, a kipping pull-up yeah. uh, than I would like to see. So, you know, that's a bad one. One that's also maybe not as well recognized because I know it gets a lot of good stuff, but there could be some problems if you train with yoga even uh, too much. Um, I think of the body in terms of relative tensions. So one part of the body being tense, or excuse me, one kind of body could be overly tense. Maybe you're thinking about uh, somebody, a big guy that lifts lots of heavy weights and they've got very dense muscle tissue and maybe they can't move their arms very well. You've seen that person. Mm -hmm. That person would be someone we we would refer to as being hypertonic. Okay. That's uh, somebody who I need to do more flexibility work, adhesion, release, mobility work with them. Mm -hmm. And then we've got the opposite end of the spectrum, something more like my personal dysfunctions, because we all have them. Mm -hmm. And people that practice, say, a yoga a lot, they're going to be what we call hyper flaccid. So you're thinking of somebody who looks kind of like floppy when they walk. They don't seem to have a lot of control 
of that muscle group. And not everybody is one or the other. You could be a mix. Our goal is to get you to the middle of that range. So between hyperflaccid and hypertonic, there's what we call hypermobile. So having the mobility to move your body in all ways, but also the correct tensions so that you're not overly flaccid and floppy. Uh, And, you know, a yogic modality of training is going to mostly focus on stretching your body in ways the human body doesn't really need to stretch. It It might feel good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, anything that feels good, I want you to do if it makes you feel better in the brain there. But uh, ultimately what it's creating is more laxity in your tissue. And that could create more back pain for you because your front line isn't helping to hold your spine correctly. So that yoga might actually be exacerbating the condition. So lots of issues, I think, without when you don't look at the body and ask, how do I codify human movement? How would the body move? What is the body supposed to do? Right. Right. And also, it sounds like it's probably ill-advised to just like look at the latest kind of thing and jump in with you and all that you come with. And so I think that what sounds really intriguing um, to me about what you do is that you're looking at this individual person and you're saying, what are we going to do to actualize this individual, which is just that's already miles ahead yeah. of me just jumping on YouTube and doing whatever the latest, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the latest thing is because that person doesn't know me. I don't know if that, that workout's designed for me. Like it just, Absolutely. there's no connection. There's no personalization and there's nothing more personal than your body. Right. <laughs> so, so Absolutely. I think that just like starting from, all right, let's look at you. What do you have? And what are the goals that you have? Exactly. And then kind of, working within that i think that i I can't see how that could be anything but fantastic (laughs) i mean i I certainly agree and one of the interesting things about this modality of training is it's always asking me to critically think and to question whether or not what i'm doing is correct so unlike some other forms of training where you feel like there's almost a cultish i love this thing i do this thing i'm a part of this community I'm actually being asked to constantly question, are my techniques actually creating less pain for my client? Are my right. techniques actually creating more gluteal development for my clients? Right. And so I'm not, I'm not putting my head in the sand, I'm looking for flaws in the techniques to, in order to refine them. Sure, which, which makes it a lie, right? That's the difference between exactly. growth and, and, and death is, is that continual change that's sharpening the saw exactly so uh for my soul sanctuary listeners my soldiers uh (laughs) that uh kind of listen to the show and listen to the repeats there on and anchor they can download and stream uh we want to reach out to you specifically how do we get in contact with or consider working with you uh individually absolutely where do we go i'm uh, cassie waken and you can find me at www dot awaken fitness dot org mm-hmm. that's a w a k e n f i t n e s dot o-r-g fantastic and that's what we'll go to uh try to work with you directly i'm so glad that you came out i'm to so glad you had me. me this is a great conversation I really enjoyed it. what's the one that was was making my head spin Oh, that you're always training. Constantly you're training. constantly you're training, training your yourself body. right now. Oh, it took me right back. See? <laughs> I did so many mental exercises to run away from that thing. I forgot <laughs> right what it back. was now. But as soon as you say it, it's right. It's 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 such a big thing to kind of think about and digest. Yeah, you're in control. Right. And, and it's important to remember that on a continual basis instead of it just being, you know, the hour that you spend in the gym. That's Precisely. not all that's happened. That's not all the information that takes place and that's a big deal 
Um, thank, thank you for that. And thank you for enlightening us so much on your techniques. Um, I hope you guys will reach out to Cassie and um, see if you can get some of this personalized work and, and be more functional. Um, because there's nothing better for your soul than, you know, what it's currently inhabiting. Your body. Right? <laughs> uh, thanks so much, for everybody, for joining us. We'll see you next time on Soul Sanctuary. Goodbye.